Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. Well, today is the third episode of the Old Testament season, and I have a big problem. The purpose of this podcast is to, one, force me to have meaningful scripture studies each week in order to prepare each episode, and two, to provide an easy way for all of you to spend a few extra minutes with the scriptures as you listen to these episodes. Well, I'm terrible at social media and don't have a great way of sharing these episodes with other people, so I need your help. If you could take a minute to share this episode with someone you think it might benefit or post to your own social media pages, that will help get the message out. You can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts so it's easier to find. Otherwise, it's just going to be you and me for the next year. All right, so in today's episode, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 3, discussing what is commonly referred to as the fall of Adam and Eve. In case you haven't heard this story a hundred times already, here's the gist of it. God creates Adam and Eve and places them in the Garden of Eden. He commands them not to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Satan comes along in the form of a serpent and convinces Eve to eat the fruit, who then gives some to Adam, who also eats. They then realize they're naked, make some hippie clothes out of hemp to cover their nakedness, and then when God confronts them about the situation, they spill the beans about what happened. Because they broke the Lord's commandment, they are cast off from the Garden of Eden and forced to work the land for their survival. Well, this is the streamlined version of the story that we tell little kids in Sunday school. We also explain that, look, Adam and Eve had to fall and be removed from the Garden of Eden so that the plan of salvation could continue to roll out, that they could have children, gain their own experiences, and have the opportunity to repent and come back to God through the atonement of Jesus Christ. In other words, we try to put a positive spin on the story. But it seems like we still place a negative connotation on Adam and Eve's actions. The fall of Adam and Eve, we call it. Transgression, sin, being cast out from the Garden of Eden, punishment. As I study this story more, though, I don't see this. I don't see a story about people breaking commandments and disobeying God. I see a beautiful story about family and parenting and the development of children. So let's dig into the story more and see what we can learn from this story that can help us in our own lives. Let's start at the beginning. After creating the world, God creates a beautiful garden to place his first children in, Adam and Eve. Quote, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. End quote. So like any father, He wants to create the perfect place for his children, a home where he could provide for them, protect them, teach them in a controlled environment, keep the fridge fully stocked, play with his children, talk with them, enjoy seeing them grow up. Now, I think God lucked out that he got to skip the diaper phase of having kids, and Adam and Eve were just created already potty trained. But I guess when you're God, you get some perks. Now, in this garden, God plants the tree of knowledge of good and evil and tells Adam and Eve not to eat it. Quote, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. End quote. All right, 
So this is where the story starts to get a bit complex. God tells Adam and Eve not to eat from this tree, but in reality, he does want them to eat it, right? He knows that eating from that tree will be an integral part of their lives, that in order to reach their divine potential to grow up and come back to him one day in celestial glory and become true heirs of God, they have to eat that fruit. They have to gain the knowledge of good and evil. And let's be honest, he planted the tree smack dab in the middle of the garden and gave it a really cool name. Who wouldn't want to eat that fruit? If God really didn't want Adam and Eve to eat it, he wouldn't have planted the tree, but he knows they have to. That being said, I bet the idea of them eating it makes him sad as a father, knowing that one day they're going to leave home, start making their own choices, some of which are going to cause them pain. I have three little children, eight, six, and four. And my wife and I have done our best to create a little Garden of Eden in our home. We try to create a safe environment for our kids. We try to protect them. We keep the house stocked with food, toys, games, books, everything our kids need to survive. Like God telling Adam and Eve not to eat the fruit, we tell our kids not to watch YouTube on our TV. We don't let them have cell phones with social media yet. Like with Adam and Eve, we're trying to protect our children from the outside world as long as we can, and even have the unrealistic hope that they'll never grow up. We have a standing joke in our home where each time one of our kids has a birthday, I make them promise that this will be the last one, that they won't get any older. And then when the next year rolls around, I give them a hard time that they didn't keep their promise to me, and I have them promise me again that they won't get any older. But deep down, just like Adam and Eve, I know my kids have to grow up. I'm going to lose them one day from my home, from our Garden of Eden. My daughter is eight years old, and every night I still put her to bed. I'll pick her up and hold her and sing to her the song, I'm a Child of God. The same song I've sung to her every night since she was born. Then I'll lay her down on her bed and tell her that she's a special daughter of God, that Heavenly Father loves her, that he's proud of her, that I love her. Now, she's gone through phases over the years where she hasn't wanted daddy to do this with her at night. And that's crushed me. Not because I didn't get to sing to her for a few nights, but because it reminds me that she's getting older. And one day, I'll never get to carry her and sing to her again. This, I think, may be similar to what Heavenly Father was feeling when he told Adam and Eve not to eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He knew that once they did, there'd be no turning back. They would be grown up. And there would be things that, as a father, he would never get to do with his children again. Okay, let's keep going and talk about the serpent next. Satan, or Lucifer, takes the form of a snake, quote, more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, end quote. And goes and talks to Eve about eating the forbidden fruit. And Eve responds that she can't eat the fruit because, quote, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. End quote. Satan then responds to Eve, quote, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. End quote. Now, we often talk about how Satan lied to Eve, deceived her, tricked her into eating the fruit. This actually isn't true, though. He told her the truth. He told her the exact same thing that God later says after Adam and Eve had both eaten of the fruit. Quote, and the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. End quote. 
So what really is Satan's role in this story? I think he's kind of like that kid at school that you kind of wish wasn't friends with your kid because they expose your kids to things that you don't think they're ready for. Heavenly Father, like you and me as parents, may have rather sat Adam and Eve down when they were older and he felt like they were ready and said something like, look, I love you, Adam and Eve. You're welcome to stay here in my garden forever where I can protect you, give you everything you need. But the reality is there's a bigger world out there. I know you're going to do great out there and have lots of important experiences, but I can't always protect you out there. I can't provide for your needs out there. You're going to be on your own to a large degree. But you're going to have to make this choice for yourself, whether you want to eat this fruit that I've told you not to this whole time. I'll love you no matter what you decide, but just know that you can never come back to this garden once you start down that path. So at the end of the day, our kids are going to start making their own choices and will get exposed to many things that we wanted to protect them from. The punk kid at school and Satan in the garden may have just sped up the inevitable process. But I want to make sure that we don't treat Eve like a gullible person that got manipulated into making a bad decision by a snake. Eve was curious. She wanted to learn, to grow, to become more like her heavenly parents. These are all good qualities, and we should applaud Eve for having the self-reflection to recognize that she had more to learn. Some of my most satisfying moments as a parent are when I see my daughter reading, asking questions, trying to understand something, just like Eve was doing. Being intellectually and spiritually curious, wanting to understand how things work, desiring to become a better person, these are some of the most important character traits that lead to success in life. And as for Adam, he saw his wife Eve, who Heavenly Father had created for him to be with forever, about whom Adam had said before, quote, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh, end quote. Adam saw her eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Adam recognized that things were about to change, that by Eve making this choice, their perfect safe little life was going to get disrupted. And so Adam made the choice to leave his father and mother, his heavenly parents, to cleave unto his wife and stay by her side. And so he ate. He tells the Lord, quote, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat, end quote. Adam made the choice to stand by his wife no matter what the consequence. This is perhaps the most admirable thing a man can do, to choose the hard road in order to support his wife. I remember my life before I got married. It was so easy. I had a job teaching tennis on the beach in Malibu, California. I had the freedom to do whatever I wanted. No responsibility, no family to support, no liabilities. Getting married and striving to support my wife and family, not just financially, but also emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, this has been the hardest thing I've ever had to do, but also the most gratifying and meaningful. So while Heavenly Father may have been sad by Adam's decision to eat the fruit, knowing that his little boy had grown up, I bet he was also very proud of him for making the right choice. Okay, so Adam and Eve have now chosen to eat the fruit. Let's talk about the consequences that follow in the story. Quote, Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow in thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. End quote. Okay, 
Do we really believe that God was so upset from Eve eating the fruit of the tree that he waved his magic wand at her uterus and made it so that childbirth would be really hard? That's absurd. What I think is really going on here is that God is just letting her know what being an adult woman entails. While Adam and Eve were in the garden, I'm pretty sure they weren't having sexual relations. They didn't even realize they were naked. They were just like kids. They probably weren't physically attracted to each other yet. And so they probably also didn't realize that their private parts served an additional function. My youngest son today just decided that it would be a fun new game to run out our front door completely naked. Children just don't recognize the reproductive power that they have and the sacredness of their bodies. So by growing up and starting to have more knowledge, recognizing what nakedness is and that their bodies were special, now Adam and Eve, as they leave the garden, are likely to start having matrimonial relations. And part of being a human woman is that being pregnant and delivering children is incredibly difficult. I watched my wife struggle through pregnancy three times, and I helped deliver all three of my children in the hospital, and I can testify and validate that giving birth for women is extremely hard. But by no means do I believe that God inflicted that on my wife. There's just no easy way to carry around 30 pounds for nine months and then somehow get that baby outside the womb. It's just biology. Quote, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shalt bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. End quote. So now for Adam, do we really think that because of his decision to eat the forbidden fruit, which God knew all along he was going to eat and needed to do it, do we really think that God decided at that point to change the composition of the world that he had created and make it more difficult to survive in? Did he go into his celestial Minecraft settings and change it from easy to hard? Or was he just talking to his son Adam and giving him a heads up about what to expect out there in the real world? Now that you're leaving home, Adam, life isn't going to always be easy. You're going to have to work hard to feed your family, to provide shelter for them, to protect them. You'll find some joy in your labor, but it's going to be hard work. Quote, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. End quote. Adam and Eve eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil signaled the beginning of their real lives as adults. Instead of referring to this as the fall, we should think of it more as the rise of Adam and Eve. They were now equipped to make their own decisions, to judge between right and wrong, to make mistakes, and most importantly, to have faith in their future Savior, Jesus Christ, who would enable them to repent to become more like Christ, and eventually to die like Christ, but with the hope to be one day resurrected and come back into the presence of God. This is the same plan that God has for you and me. At some point in the past, we too rose up from being kids and are now living our lives, surviving by the sweat of our brow, trying to judge between right and wrong, doing our best to repent, and become more like our Savior, Jesus Christ.
with the hope that one day we too can return to the presence of God. And we're doing our best, just like Heavenly Father did in the garden, to prepare our own children for this. We're teaching them as much as we can, trying to guard them against the perils of the world as long as possible, warding off temptation from the gardens of Eden we build in our own homes. But knowing deep down that our children one day will also need to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and begin their lives as well. But at the end of this story, perhaps the most important lesson that we can learn and hold close to our hearts as we struggle through the same challenging world that Adam and Eve were sent out to is that God did not give up on Adam and Eve when he sent them out into the world. In fact, he very likely started working even harder sending them prophets and angels to teach them how to live, how to be happy, how to come back to the presence of God. And in time, he even sent his son, Jesus Christ, to the world to teach us, to pray for us, to heal us, to die for us, so that we can truly achieve the divinity that our heavenly parents created in us. God loves you and I more than we can understand. And while he can't protect us from every challenge that we'll face out here in the wilderness of the world, He can send his spirit to walk side by side with us to comfort us along the way. Thank you for listening today, and I hope to see you back next week as we continue to learn from the stories of the Old Testament how we can grow closer to our God and become more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't forget to rate and review this episode and share it with someone you think might benefit from it. Goodbye.